0: Welcome, everyone, to episode number, and I did get this right because Cajun and I got it wrong last week, and I actually mentioned this off the top, episode number seven of Polar Opposites. So, everyone, I'm Spencer Byers, alongside Cajun Thiru Thani, Castleum Cajun, we messed up last week's episode. It was number six. I only know that because I was editing it, I was uh, getting ready to put it in, and I got to my RSS, and it said episode five, and then nothing else. And I went, oh, so it's episode six I'm putting up. So the title was almost, and I don't think I went with this because I can't really remember because I've done a lot of stuff the past few weeks. I put, I was going to put down, we thought it was seven or something along those lines and decided against it. So episode officially number seven of Polar Opposites. Hello, everyone. We have been rather consistent with this one, Cajun, now, unlike Al and I. But in fairness to Big Al, he is full-time working, so his job obviously takes precedent over Over little old me, but we hope to get in the studio rather soon. But, KJ, let's kick it off quickly with Team Canada. We've talked about the FIBA World Cup coming up. They started exhibition games for the FIBA World Cup starting at the end of the month. And Canada loses 86-81 to Team Germany. They had a horrible first quarter, but were able to pick it up. They were down 27-14 after the first quarter. They were down, they lost even three more points after that in the, the second half, so bad first half altogether, made a pretty good comeback later in the game, they ended up being tied 79-79 before they lost it, as as I said, 86-81, so not a good start, but at least a good finish, and you know, as most people tell you in the sports business, they don't talk about, how, don't ask you how you start, they ask you how you finished. and Canada ended pretty well, so Cajun, what did you, and you actually ended up watching the second half, you did well, what you told me, Cajun, so... Uh, what were your takeaways from the half you had a chance to watch of Team Canada versus Team Germany?
1: Well, Jordy Fernandez, as I said last week, Jordi Fernandez explained and said that this team was going to be a more physical team on the offensive and the defensive end, and it showed. And it showed in stretches of that second half, even to start off that a start off that third quarter, a 13 0 run to to. Whittle a 16 point deficit to three, just like that. RJ Baird was getting to the rim, hitting threes. And it, it, the, vi- the vibes are good during that third quarter that even Dillon De- Brooks, as I like to call him, it's Dylan Brooks, I just like to call him Dillion Brooks, pulled up for a three in transition and actually made it. Mind you, he got booze. He got he got booze in Berlin, which was which was where this happened. Color me shocked. But it was also on the defensive end. They they really pushed it out in transition, and it really showed how their offense was flowing in transition compared to in the half court, because that's where they sort of struggled down. The, that's when they sort of strugg, struggled. Um, once Germany. Stopped turning the ball over and got into their sets. It it showed their half court offense or their lack thereof showed. Now give credit to Lou Dort and Nikhil Alexander Walker and Lou Dort was knocking down like pull up threes like like he Steph. Um, but there's some good, there's some good and there's a, there was some good and bad from this game. Um, you can see the ta- you can see the talent, you can see, see the physicality, you can see You can see stretches where there's not a lot of teams that can stop them. But you got to play a full 40 minutes. And based off of that first half, that ain't going to cut it when the games really matter.
0: Yeah, but another thing, a good thing to mention here, again, it was just the first exhibition game. So Franz Wagner, the best German player in the world right now, he didn't start... SGA, probably the best Canadian player, and Shea Gilders-Alexander, he didn't start. So, in fairness to both sides, they were not, quote-unquote, at full strength. So, that also that must have played a factor, and SGA wasn't even a top-four score for Team Canada. Dort was first with 14, RJ Barrett was second for 12, and then Alexander Walker and Kelly O'Linick tied for 11 points, respectively, with 3rd team scoring. So... You know, obviously this wasn't a full strength team Canada. if Shea's not on the top three scores because he's going to be if he's starting consistently and playing well, which we expect he will. But another thing to bring up here is Jamal Murray. I don't believe was even on the bench for this game for Team Canada. At least I didn't see him on on the uh, on the box score on the score sheet. So Cajun, do you think Jamal will play in the exhibition, or do you think they're going to hold him out because of the finals run until they get to? The prime time till the end of August.
1: Well, it's tough to say because he's he he came off of a long layoff in the first place, heading into the prior NBA season because of a torn ACL. Then the Nuggets rested him in, in key stretches, had an uneven regular season, but the playoffs it was the Jamal Murray we knew, we all knew. Literally took the pressure off of Jokic. They ended up making a run to the championship, and they ended up winning the title. Now, for a guy that's coming off of a major knee surgery like that, if for if, if for anybody for for anybody enough as it is to go through the grinds of an of a regular season, and then play for your country, whether it's like whether it's a FIFA World Cup or the Olympics. Or just going through the grind of like regular season playoffs and then back to the regular season playoffs again. It's hard enough. It's hard enough as it is, which sort of amazes me how LeBron how LeBron did it almost for the better part of a decade before he went to LA. So this is this is new. This is new for this is this is sort of new for Murray. And for the Canadians, because this is the most talented roster they've had in a while. And they've already lost some... And they've already had some guys that have dropped out from, like, the FIBA World Cup. Corey Joseph was one of them. Kevin Pangos. O'Shea Brissett, who wants to pre- prepare for training camp. And making an impression with the new team that he signed in the Boston Celtics. Um, it's just... <laughs> I expect him to come during for one of the exhibition games. For one of the exhibition games, but it'll probably be, say, one of those big games against Spain or at the very end against the Dominican Republic. I don't see him. I don't see him coming for the first three games. And he's going to have to go come for exhibition play because they've, they've made it clear that Jamal Murray needs to play an exhibition game before, uh, before playing in the FIBA World Cup and not hop right into it.
0: Well, cage, I asked you if he will play in the games. Here's another way to spin it. Should he even play in these exhibition games? Because he has just had a really long playoff run. And you talked about how he's just coming off the ACL and, and there are a lot of a lot of other factors that are factoring into this decision. But for him, should he even play in these games? Like, and I'm not even saying playing in the World Cup because obviously he's already said he plans to play in the World Cup. He's already in the Canadian team. He's a part of the Canadian roster. He obviously has intentions of playing. But should he even want to play in these games? because, you know, of the strain it will have on his body. And obviously, again, these guys are going into an NBA season. This is basically a preseason for them after they're obviously the summer league, which none of them participate in, right? So this is basically a preseason for him at the end of the day.
1: Honestly, and this might be an unpopular answer, he will and he should. Now, given he went through the grind, uh, he just won a title with the Denver Nuggets. But now with the Nuggets knowing that they have what it takes to win at all. They're not going to take the regular season as serious. So, Murray's going to have ample opportunity to play limited minutes during the regular season to keep him fresh. Quote for unquote, the
0: quote unquote, load management, Cajun.
1: Load. Load, man- man- load management. Well, in fairness, Denver does have some injury, injury prone players. Um, Murray being one of them, but he's played through it, and then Michael Porter Jr. Now, if this was any other team that needs the regular season that, that he needs to play the regular season, he should he shouldn't be playing in he shouldn't be playing in the exhibition and the World Cup. But granted that Denver is a talented is a very talented team and had just won the NBA title and now knows what it takes to get there, he's going to have ample opportunity to to rest during the regular season. So I don't. So I don't think exhibition play in the World Cup is really going to affect Murray down the line.
0: Well, Cajun, you uh, continue to impress with your basketball knowledge as always. I quickly run to grab the next game for Team Canada at the exhibition of the World Cup. And I'm trying to find the schedule because I found out, Cajun. And this is another gripe. But I will kind of talk about this now because we we're kind of – I'm not saying we're short for topics. We have don't have as much as we did last week. You know, the, yeah. the inability to find information on this Exhibition World Cup is disgusting. I couldn't find scores. I couldn't find box scores. I couldn't find player stats. I couldn't find anything on these games. Like, if you didn't tell me these games happened, Cajun, these games didn't exist. There's nobody's got any amount of stats on them. There's nobody's got any kind of box score on them. I can't even find the schedule for the preseason game, the exhibition games, rather. So, like, I can't, even, like you could, I can't even prove to you, you know, if you were in my room right now these games happened. I can't prove it. You just have to take my word for it. And all the articles that say it happened with the score.
1: And to be honest, I didn't even know about this until I got like, searching. Like, I was just, like, browsing along on my laptop at, like, 12. That's when I found out there was actually an exhibition game happening this afternoon this afternoon and it was on Magenta Sports Stream which is a German stream and it didn't work the only the only way I got into it is that somebody put it on Twitter
0: So what you're telling me is there was no Canadian stream for it they only had the German stream for it
1: and it was the only stream that they had
0: Oh my goodness what what a surprise cuz like I'll, I'll say it. Sportsnet's the only one I've seen. I didn't, see, I didn't even see a TSN article on it. I'm not saying they didn't make one. I'm saying I didn't see it. I saw the Sportsnet one, and it was kind of bare bones. Had a score, a couple facts. That was it. I had to go to, like, the fourth or fifth article to find any stat lines. And we only got top four scores from Canada. Like, I can't – after Kelly O'Linick and, and and Alexander Walker, I can't tell you who was on the score sheet, genuinely. I have no idea. At occasion, you watched the game. I don't think you have any idea. So like not only because it wasn't in English, but because they're not showing it to us. So hopefully one of the major sport providers in our country decide to start having a little bit more information on the team because at this point, Cajun, as you and I stated, it's is not impossible to figure out these exhibition games. I still haven't been able to find when the next exhibition game is. So we're gonna say there is a next exhibition game. It is There's coming so up. And Oh, they go. I found the Spain one. Let's see if I can find the other one. That's Spain. That's, in, that's August 17th, though. Um, face Germany on the 9th in Berlin. And then they take uh, head to Hamburg. Oh, they face New Zealand on the 12th. And then the 13th will either be Germany or China. Okay, so fact. So the 12th and 13th of August are the next games. New Zealand on the twelfth and the thirteenth is either Germany or China. Is what it looks like to me. And then they will play Spain. Ooh, Yep, Spain the seventeenth, and the D- and DR, Dominican Republic on the eighteenth of August. So we will I will keep that tab open on my computer so I don't have to look for it again. But just so you know, next game is the third, 12th and 13th. So this coming weekend, it'll be against New Zealand and then the winner of Germany-China on the Sunday. And those are early games because they're in Germany. So the New Zealand game's at 9.45 Eastern Standard Time. And then I don't even know when the Sunday game would be it still be to be determined. So that game will be whenever that game is supposed to start. But 945 against New Zealand on Saturday is Team Canada's next game at the World Cup exhibition. So I will at least say this I finally found that.
1: I will say this about Team Canada and the exhibition play. And this might not be related to about. Ba- this isn't related to basketball, but if if the play from the Canadian women's national soccer team was any indication this men's basketball team gotta step it up quick, because that because uh, watching and watching the women's team w- w- women's team in Australia was not uh, was hard to watch. And um, if the Canadian men's national basketball team doesn't get it together, we might be talking about an underwhelming World Cup,
0: a disappointing summer for Team Canada, if you will. Hmm. That's across the board. As you're talking about the Women's World Cup of Soccer happening this summer, that is, I believe, into the quarters. I'm not sure in the, in the semis yet, but I believe they're into the quarters with some other big teams out as well as, I believe, Germany. I won't say Spain is through, but I believe Germany, the States, and Canada are all out right now. So those yep. are three top ten countries right now not participating in the latter stages of the Women's World Cup. But anyway. And two
1: of them were, two of them were out in the group group stages.
0: Yeah, I believe Germany was, and they were the second ranked team in the, in the world coming into this tournament. So, rather big teams crashing out early. But now, on to a topic we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on, Cajun. But the, 20, or the 2024 2K24 NBA ratings have been released, and these ratings mean nothing. They don't mean anything. But I do want to talk about them just because they do normally make a headline story because of just how ludicrous these ratings are. And I want to talk to you about what these current ratings are. Now, if you're 96 or above, you're a part of the, I'll say, diamond sector of the 2K ratings. So there are seven players inside those ratings, five of which are 97, two of which are 96. The 97s are Jokic, Giannis, Luka, Yoel Embiid, and LeBron James. So, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, and LeBron James are all 97s. The 96s are Kevin Durant
1: and Steph Curry. Wait, wait, Jokic, Giannis, Luka? Luka,
0: Embiid, and LeBron James are all 97.
1: The fact that Embiid and Jokic are tied for a 97 is crazy.
0: And not yeah, not only that, and then you've got Curry and Durant at 96s, and then just below them are Jason Tatum and Damian Lillard at 95s. And to round out the top 10, tied at 10, technically, is Shea Gilchrist-Alexander and Anthony Davis. And I'm not trying to overweight Shea, Shea here, but how is a first-team-only NBA player up below a guy, and no offense to Damian Lillard, who is a great player, but didn't play half the year last year? How does that work?
1: Because it's 2K. You
0: know, and Anthony Davis, again, as we keep as we keep joking on this show, Data Davis. I mean, guy can't stay healthy. Jamie Butler, who had arguably one of the greatest playoff runs we've ever seen, if not one of the greatest of the last decade or so, is a 93. John, John Morant's 92. Kawhi Leonard's 92. Zion Williamson's 92. Devin Booker's 92. My MVP pick, Donovan Mitchell's 92. And then it just keeps going down from there. And you know, I, I'm not a big fan of these. I'm not, I, I've am i never been a big fan of the, the 2K rating. 2K ratings are always kind of jank. But here's another good example. So, in 87, there's a lot of 87s in the game Chris Paul's in 87. Darius Garland's in 87. Bradley Beals in 87. Zach Levine's at 87. DeMar DeRozan's in 87. Bam Adebayo's in 87. Brandon Ingram's in 87. Pascal C. Ackham's in 87. Julius Randle, Mikael Bridges, Christoph Sporzingis, Jalen Brunson, and Jaron Jackson Jr. are all 87s. And I'm not going to try to make an argument for any one of those players individually. I'm just going to say, out of that group of players' occasion, they're not all the same. And I, I understand different games means different ratings, but like, how how is Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan the same rating as like a guy like Darius Garland? Or even uh, Ingram or Siakam— those guys are number one options on their teams. Mm-hmm. And then you got Chris Porzingis, who I'm a Celtics fan. I'm happy to say 80, maybe 87. How is he above Jalen Brunson, who had a great year for New York and pushed himself above a guy he's tied with rating Julius Randle in the New York Knicks?
1: How is, Man, Randall and, he...
0: how is Brunson and Randle rated the same when Brunson showed himself as the alpha of that team?
1: Brunson's been underrated not only in 2K, but in the NBA circles as well. If you're telling me that Randall got an all-NBA, not an all-star, not over Brunson, that's just ludicrous to me. But that's not really much of a surprise to me. The bigger surprise, and I'm looking at the NBA 2K Twitter right now, it's actually Jokic has the highest rating in 2K24. He's at a 98
0: Oh, well, see, I'm looking at the 2K top 100 current players in 2K24, and it says he's 80, 97. So maybe yours is more updated than mine. 2K's Twitter. I'm looking at 2K ratings, the website.
1: No, so. so
0: I'm going to take um, yours. For, for, I'll take yours. So, 80, so 97, 98. But still, I mean, it makes sense that Jokic is the best player in the world, but there's still a really close knit group behind him.
1: And Booker's a 94. And Butler's a 95.
0: Oh, so at least really changed I, the ratings after what I'm looking at.
1: Yeah, so Jokic is a 98. Giannis, LeBron, Embiid, Durant, Curry, all at a 96 each. Luka, Tatum, Butler, 95. Kawhi,
0: Luka
1: too. Kawhi, Booker, Leonard, 94.
0: Not sure when this list then was updated because this is the oh no I guess I had to click it so no I now I officially now have the current as current as you're reading right now rating so yeah Jokic then Giannis Durant LeBron Curry and Bead and then I like where Tatum is I think Butler may be a little overrated I'm not sure he should be where Tatum is but regardless Shea's right there I think he should be above Lillard that's just my opinion
1: Shea's so um, not even there
0: Shea's Shea's eleventh he's ninety four tied with Anthony Davis and Devin Booker. He's okay. just below Lillard. He should be above. Lillard. I have the updated. Yeah. I do now have the updated um ratings now. Jalen Brown still on 90, which I am happy about. I saw that earlier. I am happy he is a he is that. But I do want to mention. So you know that giant list of 87s I told you, Cajun. Yeah. They're the exact same. So I was wrong at the very top. But these 87s are the exact same. Chris Paul, Darius Garland, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Julius Randle, Mikael Bridges, Kristaps Porzingis, Jalen Brunson, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Are all the same rating. Another thing I want to mention here quickly. So a bunch of 86s, among them, Anthony Edwards. And guess who he's tied with, Cage? And guess who Anthony Edwards is tied with at 86?
1: The greatest big man shooter of all time.
0: The quote-unquote greatest big man shooter of all time, if you ask him, Carl Anthony Towns, who has an 80 or 79 shooting three, by the way, just to make sure I imagine that in the 2K rating, tied with Jaren Jackson Jr. So I'm just I'm I'm not sure what these 2K ratings are are doing. I'm not, I'm 2K not got
1: sure. it looks like sounds like 2K got lazy after the after the top ten.
0: Now, after about the top 15, they said, you know what, who cares? And just started splatting guys around. Because how in Liz- the world Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle are tied is ridiculous. How Ant and Carl Anthony Towns are tied is ludicrous. How Laurie Markkinen's in 86, I don't know. How is Laurie Markkinen tied with Carl Anthony Towns? I don't that is know, like, man. stupid. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. And the ratings from there just continue to get. Just kinda of
1: murky. Let, let me let me ask for let me ask for just, just for a giggle. Is Rudy oh Gobert there in eighty seven? No. Um oh, I saw I, I
0: just saw him. He's an eighty-four.
1: Oh.
0: I hello oh. Ben Caro, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Josh Giddy, Tyrese Maxey, Tyler Hero, Jamal Murray, Jordan Poole, Franz
1: Ball. Murray. Well, hold, hold on. Time on time out. Murray... <laughs>
0: Murray's an 84. Murray's an 84. The list of 84s, Cajun, goes as Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Josh Giddy, Paolo Boncaro, Rudy Gobert, Tyler Hero, Tyrese Maxey, DeJounte Murray, C.J. McCollum, Jamal Murray, Jordan Poole, Franz Wagner, Jared Allen, DeAndre Ayton, Nikola Vucevic, and Nick Claxton. Nicholas
1: Pool's on the same level as Murray. W- what are we doing?
0: And, and apparently, Tyrese Maxi and Tyler Hero.
1: I, See, Maxi and Hero, I can. There's more of a plausible case than Jordan Poole.
0: But I mean, like they're all rated the same. Cajun Poole, Murray, Maxi, and Hero are all rated the same.
1: <sighs> 2K, 2K, 2K. Somebody got to give Ronnie 2K a slap upside down his head.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, apparently. And you want to hear some of these 83s? So there's a litany of 83s, Cajun. Scotty okay. Barnes, Draymond Green, Robert Williams the third, I'm sl- my boy Time Lord, and I'm going st- to
1: stop, st- stop you right there. Uh-oh. Do- donkey from Shrek? Donkey Come from on Shrek.
0: Now. The donkey from Shrek. Michael Porter Jr., Clint Capella, Miles Bridges, Fred Van Vliet, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Simons, um Yo- Jonas Vali Valiucinas, as uh, Charles Barkley once said, but v- Vaselino Sauce. Yeah, exactly. Walker Kessler, Aaron Gordon, Keldon Johnson, Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um Dinwiddie? I can't pronounce Sagoon's first name. I'll
1: I'll I'll print
0: I'll Malcolm Brogdon. And those are all your 83s. Barrett is an 82. I don't, I don't, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I've just lost brain cells. Holy. I can't, I can't get over the fact that Murray's, Murray and Poole are the same rating.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know who made up these ratings, but they are kind of jank They're kind of jank. Yeah, somebody
1: I thought, thought you been smoking that, some uh, good stuff.
0: Yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that that uh, that list there of
1: uh. 80s. And well, speaking of lists, I don't think you're gonna appreciate the next list we're gonna be talking about. And you know, let hold up. Oh. Let me int- let me introduce this one oh,
0: So Cajun wants to go with the hosting room. You know what, Cajun? I'll sit here politely. Okay, I'll, I'll fold my fingers and go ahead.
1: Uh, and mind you, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, this was something that. I went through on Bleacher Report. That should say it all. It's Bleacher Report. Um, So they made a list of the top five duos. Top five duos.
0: The best two
1: players. In the NBA. Now. From five to one. Number five. Luca and Kyrie. Four is the LeBron duo, J. The duo
0: that is a losing record together. In, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold
1: on, hold on, hold on, hold sense, on. You... Sense, 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 sense. Okay. Was... I'm going to let you go off on this because I know you are going to be pissed off. Get, get, get... LeBron and AD or four. are at four. Um, Jokic and Murray are third, which to me is ludicrous. Well, Giannis get, and Drew. It gets worse. Giannis and Drew Holiday. At two. And then KD and Devin Booker at one. Now, there's an honorable mentions list.
0: There's three honorable mentions, Cajun. You want to read them out to us?
1: Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Joel Embiid and James Harden. Kawhi and PG. Spencer, I've set the list. The floor is yours. Like, Like,
0: what are we doing? The best duo in the NBA is Tatum and Brown. There's no one close. You know why there's no one close? Because they're the only real duo. They're the only actual duo left in the NBA. Those are not duos. Those are not duos. Dontich and er- Kyrie are the only other duo you can mention that are actually a duo. And they will lose have- they have a losing record together in Dallas. They suck. They're two great players, but they suck. They're trash. They're garbage. They're no good. They're rotten. They're stinky. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George shouldn't be on an auto mentions list. They're both cripples. Kawhi Leonard just tore his meniscus. He's done for another year. Is he even gonna play next year? Paul and George, Minuscus walking Meniscus doesn't take
1: Band-Aid. it. long. Well, maybe for Kawhi it does.
0: Like walking band-aid. Joel Embiid, walking band-aid. James Harden's be 400 pounds. At the start of the year. He doesn't want to be in Philly. How are they a duo when one of them even want to be there anymore? How is that a thing? How is that a thing? I already talked about the losing record of Doncic and Kyrie, who I actually like on the list. And then you got Data Davis. Fucking oh, I swore that I gotta cuss that out now. I can't believe this. Anthony Davis, you got that bum with LeBron James crippled. You got two elderly, you got two elderly men, shooting the old folks home at four over Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Joke. Again, Donchich and Jamal. I'll take that as a duo. Jamal Murray's elevated his skill. To be a duo with, with Nikola Jokic. Uh, that's,
1: the, that's the one duo I will take over Tatum and Brown right now.
0: And then you've got Giannis and Drew Holiday? They're a duo? In what NBA? In what and we NBA were, occasion?
1: And we were talking about this. Like, it would make more plausible sense if Middleton was on there and not Holiday.
0: And then I'd say <laughs> that that Chris Middleton, as much as I like Chris Middleton, is a, is a cripple and is a band-aid. So. I I okay. again it's Giannis and the other guy. Okay? That shouldn't be on the list. Shouldn't be on the list. And then you've got KD and Booker, who we haven't even seen on the floor yet, really. They play like what, 10, 15 games together in Phoenix? And another thing that kind of upsets me, Cajun, is they're not a duo. They're not a duo. If they hadn't mm-hmm. made a tra- if they hadn't made a trade as of like three weeks ago for Bradley Beal, they'd be a duo, and I'd accept it. Not one, but I'd accept it on the list. But they have Bradley Beal now. They're a trio. They are not a duo. That is not true. That is that is a that is a stretch of the truth. They are not a duo. They are a trio. Mm-hmm. And there you go, Cajun. It just says in the article, they played 19 games together. So you're telling me 19 games of regular season and playoffs beats out how many years of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? How many years? Six years? And a but, couple uh, NBA I, finals together? I, Are you kidding me
1: right you now? Mean, you mean one?
0: What, one NBA finals. What? Two other, conference, two other conference finals? At least? Plus six mm-hmm. years together? You're telling me that doesn't make the list? That doesn't make the list. MVP Jason Tatum and $60 million Jalen Brown don't make the list. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, Fair, my enough. I Fair enough.
1: Well. Like Joe. Absolutely Joe. O- the only duo I see above Tatum and Brown that you can have an argument for is Jokic and Murray, and that's because they just won the title.
0: And Jokic yeah. is a better player than Jason Tatum. Like, mm-hmm. in all fairness, as much as I love Jason Tatum, Jokic is a better player than Jason Tatum, especially offensively.
1: And Murray... and, and, you, and Murray, Murray for and Brown
0: his, are close, I'd say. I'm not sure which one you put ahead of them. I would argue between the two. I think it's a really close argument, but they're close. But Joe and, is and, above Brown. I above not pardon me.
1: And Murray, for his lack of regular oh, okay. season success, elevates his play in the playoffs to the point where he's in that conversation. So... The, that's the only that's the only duo I take right now over Tatum and Brad. Looking like, at that list,
0: I, I I literally cannot believe this right now.
1: I like, can it's Bleacher I can it's Bleacher like, Report.
0: Like w- w- what are we what are we doing? What are we doing?
1: I, could, I I can wholeheartedly believe it because it's Bleacher Report and they put out horrible articles.
0: I'm so mad at you, Cage, right now. And I now I have to bleep the show. Okay, that's the first time I've sworn on either show. And I have to bleach myself, KJ. I'm so mad at you right now, okay? I'm mad.
1: How do you, mad at you me. Mad at bleacher Report,
0: mad at all these mad at all these foo, mad at all these dummies? This is stupid. My God, I mean my God.
1: You, your first mistake is being mad at Bleacher Report. My, my
0: my first mistake was reading this. I should have just said no. Once I saw once I i in the auto mention no, we're not we're not putting this on air. We're not we're not putting this on the net on the network. This is, this is I'm good. I'm good.
1: Not for a not for a good laugh? No, not to laugh at Bleacher no, Report? No,
0: no, absolutely not. No, some things, Cajun, you just need to, to put back in the trash can. This was one of those things, Cajun. This is one of those things. <laughs> we,
1: should have, we should have picked it up, looked at it, on thought, you and who, put it back. Who would have thought that you would have been the one that cussed out before me? And, either, uh, and I cussed out a lot.
0: Well, uh, I didn't know I was going to see an, a duo's list that didn't have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the top five. I did not well, know that was a I... thing. I did not know we were underrating the best duo in the NBA. I did not know that, Cajun. Second best. Second best. They're they're the best duo. They're the best consistent duo. You give me another year of Jamal and Jokic, I'll give it to you. But they're just getting to that duo status because of all the injuries poor Jamal's been through. Tatum and Brown have been a duo. Maybe they got drafted together years apart from Duke and Howell, respectively. So give me a thousand percent.
1: Take him, take him. I to mm-hmm. get
0: behind their cage. It sounds like the whole house is coming down.
1: Apparently, apparently, hold on. Uh, apparently, oh, just just like just like how you're in shambles, just like how you're in shambles about that top five NBA player duo. That's crazy.
0: And ending off with one more bleacher, I'll say report, but one more article that, thank goodness, has no opinion on it because it'd be garbage sense. like everything else. It would be Anthony Edwards got fined 50 big ones, 50K, for swinging a chair and hitting two people after losing to the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs.
1: Oh, so, my goodness. <laughs> so he got
0: 50 large ones taken out of his pocket for swinging the chair. Um, Edwards' attorney said, did not swing the chair at anyone and, of course, did not intend to hurt anyone. I'd hope not, or he'd get a lot bigger fine. Um... But anyway, he also apparently has been cited uh, by Denver police, or was it initially cited by Denver police for third-degree assault, which is kind of funny. But um, the authorities dismissed the charges, obviously, so Edwards is fine. But um, yeah, so fifty large ones cajun coming out of uh, Ant's pocket for swinging a chair and hitting a couple people at Ball Arena down in Denver. What what did you uh did you have a laugh at that story? About uh, poor poor Edwards losing 50 big ones. Especially, what weirds me out, Cajun, I guess I'll I'll frame the question this way. Um, It's so long after the fact. Like, that game was, like, what? May? Maybe April? Like, why is this happening now? seems like such a weird timing to finally find Anthony Davis. Or Anthony Davis. Anthony Edwards, pardon me. For this swinging of the chair, you know, in August, it feels like such weird timing. I'm not sure. Not i maybe that's just me, but it feels like such weird timing to me.
1: This should have been decided. This should have been decided a long time ago, to be like honest.
0: Months ago, like a week or two after tops, not like two months after. I think that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that should have been just dis- that should have been decided a month ago. The reason why I'm chuckling <laughs> is because after a certain incident in which people were scrapping. And people swam just to scrap and the folding chair was used in the process. The minute I saw chairs in that, I just had to chuckle because like, oh, man, the folding chair is going to be put up in the folding chair after what had just happened, which was the Montgomery brawl. Is really gonna be put up in the Hall of Fame museum. So looking at the, look, looking at the, looking at the fact that he flung, flung, flung chairs, and like, of course he did, of course, of course it, of course it was a chair that was involved. But going back on topic here, it did not make any sense. It didn't make any sense, like, to find him now. I was like, if you're going to find him, find him find him in the first place. Like, find him when it did happen, not now. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. The timing
0: is definitely off on this particular find by Adam Silver and the NBA. But now some breaking news, Cajun. So before we continue with the regularly scheduled programming, and I will get to the Scrabble board here. I have not forgotten about it. But before we get to that and our last topic, There's some breaking news. So before I do get to that breaking news, I will say the next topic will be about all the trade rumors between James Harden, Damian Lillard, even Pascal Siakam. We're going to talk about the the alleged trade between the, the Atlanta Hawks and Toronto that didn't go through that Toronto rejected. We'll talk about who might also be on the trading block. But before we get to that and the scrabble board, the Phoenix Suns are retiring Amare Stoudemire's and Sean Marion's jerseys as a duo retirement and going on to the Ring of Honor. They will be the 11th and 12th players, respectively, going into or getting into the franchise Ring of Honor. And yeah, I just thought we'd have to mention that Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire, two players that should have brought in a ring to Phoenix, were not able to back in the mid-2000s, will now have their jerseys hanging in the rafters, Cajun.
1: First of all, well-deserved. Um, especially for Stoudemire. Team, Suns, that Suns team that was seven seconds or less. Um,
0: Mark D'Antoni, the coach, and uh, and Steve Nash, Canadian.
1: Um, really brought change to the NBA as it is right now, like, brought brought forward a whole new offensive revolution in the NBA. Um, so it's well, it's well deserved. Amari, um, before injuries caught up to him, was an explosive power forward in his prime in his prime, throwing down thunderous dunks and could really kill you with that soft touch from the mid range as well. Like he really developed, he really showed more of that when he signed with New York and the Matrix man, the do it all forward, the original. I would say I would say he was one of the original do it all forwards. That he could rebound, he could rebound, he could rebound for somebody that wasn't your typical tall power forward or center. And man, you you had to uh, and played exceptional defense. And man, you gotta love the catapult or shot put jumper that he had so well-deserved from the well-deserved from the both of them sure they they should have had a that son's team should have had a ring but uh correct me if I'm wrong but that whole brawl that involved Robert Horry hip checking Nash kind of prevented that from happening
0: yeah, so just thought I mentioned that breaking news as we recorded that it's about 6 o'clock on a, uh, on a VIN, on a, today Thursday? No, today got to be Wednesday, right? I'm not losing my mind. Wednesday. I was going to say Wednesday at first, and then my brain was like, no, it's got to be Thursday. I'm like, no, I got stuff to do Thursday. It's like, they can't be true. Anyway, so I just thought I mentioned Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire getting thrown up into the rafters. And I think we're going to end with the scoreboard, Cajun. I'm going to use a little bit more time to conjure up some letters for the Scrabble board. So we're going to end with, before we end the penultimate topic, we're going to talk about this. So uh, Damien literally, we've heard about the rumors with the Miami Heat. James Harden's talked about not wanting to be in in, in Philly, which I mentioned about with the, with the duos earlier. We've talked about Pascal Siakam a ton on the show. And before we get into who you think also could be on the trading block as as a major star, You know, Siakam almost was on the way. I won't say almost, but had a chance to go to Atlanta. The Atlanta Hawks ended a trade that allegedly had a package of DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin, and some draft picks in exchange for Pascal Siakam. We don't exactly know what those draft picks would have been because of their trade last year for Jante Murray from the San Antonio Spurs. But from a concept, Cajun, would you have liked that trade with Hunter and Green or Hunter, Griffin and some draft picks coming to Toronto and Pascal going the other way? I assume you're taking over something over there. So I'll just keep I am I,
1: I am muted. I was muted. You My were bad.
0: muted? Okay. Well I'll 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 rephrase the question again then. So would you have been happy with a trade with the Atlanta Hawks if Hunter, Griffin, and some draft picks came to Toronto's way?
1: The picks-wise, picks-wise, yes. But Hunter and Griffin on a team where you still have Ananobian barns, it's kind of like overlapping. That's too need many it. wings. Too, too many wings. Too many wings. You need a guard. You need a big. You need a, you need a big. And one name I would really would have liked to hear on that was in Yekka Um depending on what they're doing with the capello Congo situation. But I don't think Atlanta would be willing to offer him up. Now, I do like DeAndre Hunter, and I do like A.J. Griffin. But the situation that the Raptors are in right now in which they have way too many wings, it doesn't really make sense. And I don't think Atlanta would do it either because of Siakam's camp. And I'm not sure. And I'm not so sure because we're saying this was a rumor, right?
0: Yeah, I'm saying alleged trade because obviously we'll never really know. Like Even if it's reported, you, you never really know if that was a true trade or if that was just like a concept or what exactly that was. But from what I'm reading, that was a, an alleged offer from the Atlanta Hawks to the Toronto Raptors, plus Hunter, Griffin, and some draft
1: picks going to Toronto for Pascal Siakam. So my guess is that either this never happened or this, this offer was made before Siakam's camp leaked that he didn't want to resign. Anywhere else other than Toronto, because to me that can mean neither one. That can mean neither one of those two options. Yeah, no occasion.
0: That's fair. And I've actually been reading here. One of the factors working against the Raptors amidst the trade is from multiple suitors. Is what is that Siakam won't sign an extension with that with a team that acquires him. What do you think is kind of interesting for him to not want to re-sign with another team that's trading for him because I think he I think he should know that this Raptors team is in no way ready to compete. And as a person who wants to win at almost all costs, I would rather win than be on a team for loyalty. I, that's just me. Like, yeah, I'm a loyal guy, but at the end of the day, I want to win. And if this team ain't going to win, then I don't want to be here, you know? And in fairness, they're probably not going to want me here because they want to—they want to lose to get good draft picks, and be able to win one day, right? So it's kind of a, a byproduct. So I am kind of interested that that Siaka wouldn't want to sign with a team like, say, Miami or I'm trying to think of other, like Dallas maybe, like another team like that that will not saying they could trade trade for him either because of the draft the cap space problem, but just teams that would have a chance at winning a championship. You know what I mean?
1: But sometimes loyalty does mean something. And Siakam's already won a title. It's not like the Damian Lullard situation in which he hasn't won a title. He's been loyal all his career and now wants to win a race. Now, obviously, winning, for the most part, winning trumps everything. But for some people, that's not exactly the case. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case with Siakam that he actually kind of wants to stay in Toronto long term and wants to end his career out there. It also helps that he won a ring, shout out to Kawhi, before his knees got the better of him. Um, But some people are loyal enough that winning doesn't exactly trump everything. So this is going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds, whether he gets traded, whether he doesn't. Some people are saying it's only inevitable that he eventually gets traded. Others aren't so sure. This is going to be an interesting. This is going to be an interesting scenario that the Raptors have to deal with. That the Raptors front, not only the front office, but the coaching staff too, with Darko Jagovic. Like, how is he going to handle all h- handle all these personalities? How is he going to handle all this in the midst of all uh, OG and Siakam on the trip on. On the trade mill, like it's this is going to be very fascinating, intriguing, interesting and a little concerning to see.
0: Yeah, and and now on to the other topic, Cajun, are there any other stars you see joining the mill of potential trade rumors with guys like James Harden, Damian Lillard and Pascal Siakam? Do you see anybody else that are just like a star, if you will? that will that will join this group of players? Because Beal's already gone. Beal is one of them, and badly Beal's already been dealt. So his story's already set. Is there any other players you think might join the fray here going into August?
1: Well, for a while before, when the Hawks were making their playoff run, Trey Young's name was on there. But I think there's one, there's one big name, and this and everything has to go wrong for this to happen. But the way Philly's off has been so far, would not shock me if Embiid demands a trade.
0: I think that's a next summer problem. I agree with you that I definitely feel like that partnership of Embiid and. Uh, And Philadelphia is on its last legs. But I think that's a next summer problem. I think it'll be next summer where he says, I've had enough. I've kicked this can down the road long enough. I want to go somewhere else. I want a chance to win. And I don't know. An honest occasion, another important question to ask of if you think Embiid is the next guy up, who trades for him? Because I'm not saying Embiid's not a great player. Embiid's not worth every penny he's paid. That he's not a top five player in, in the NBA most years. but like. Who wants a back-to-the-basket scorer like him? And, yeah, he's developing a three-point shot, which is definitely helping out his game. But, like, you know, he's got to go to a team that's going to be willing to let him be him, and I'm not sure what team that is that can afford him, too, as well, okay, which is another big problem. Mm-hmm. Like, could the Lakers make a swing when LeBron retires? Could the Clippers let Kawhi go because he's been so injury-prone there and go for Embiid? Could Dallas find a way to make the cap work? Could, you know, I, I don't even know. Like, could Toronto try to make a run for him? Like, is that a thing?
1: How funny would that be?
0: You know, lose oh, Nick Nurse to Philadelphia, pick up Joel Embiid from Philadelphia. I mean, like, it, you know, we we start calling them, you know, Toronto, Toronto South, basically.
1: Oh, man. Toronto Sixers, Philly Raptors.
0: Basically. Uh, yeah. Like, it, 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 you know, Cage, like, I, again, like, I, I'll put that out there to you. Like, who do you think is a good fit for him that would be able to win, able to afford him, and could fit him into the roster properly?
1: Call me crazy for saying this, but it wouldn't shock me based off oh, of, I like, the, the Golden State Warriors.
0: Oh, come on. They can't afford him?
1: Yeah, but a lot of things have gone right their way over the years.
0: Are you going Are you trying to imply Kevin Durant here, Caden? Is that what you're doing right now?
1: You trying KD, to imply Kevin Durant? KD, the fact that Curry's eleven million dollar de- eleven million dollar a year deal, was paved the way for that to happen. It wouldn't. Ex- I've seen wackier things happen. Now the Caps a big issue here but hey stars are teaming up to join other uh, stars are teaming up together, together which i don't really like but
0: cage you want to you want us watch the nba explode watch an nba trade to the golden state warriors that Nothing would ex- about- that would explode the nba like how you have are you have arguably the best or second best center in the league arguably the best guard in the league you've still got clay or or wiggins you'd expect if not you trade one of them which would probably be wiggins like how do you stop that like i hope you're wrong cajun i'd say that i hope you're wrong i hope you're very I, wrong with that i with hope
1: that. I, I i hope i am too but i've seen crazier things happen. like
0: honestly i feel like the raptors is a better choice for him because they don't they don't they to mean- win with one guy right they've shown it with, with Kawhi. So I feel like if he can feel like he can be the only star in Toronto and win, because they've shown they can do that. Unlike a lot of other franchises who need to bring in multiple stars like Miami, like Dallas, like other teams, like L.A., in re- fairness. Right. So I feel like Toronto might be a perfect fit. It's just would Toronto accept him because of all the baggage he brings? I don't know, Casey. I don't know.
1: Maybe maybe Miami's another name, too, because of like the Jimmy Butler connection, too.
0: That also is fair. That is fair.
1: You definitely um, could sell me on that. And it might, and it might come down to shopping that if Miami's willing to do that, and then other people, and then other players as well, that might be fit, that traction might gain on that.
0: It might, and but, then you, you have to assume Hero being that deal too, because Hero seems to be again the guy that you know always seems to be in the mill when Miami's in for a big guy like Lillard or or Beal or whatever, but. Yep. Maybe and maybe he's another guy that we could say is a star, quote unquote, that will ask for a trade. Is is Tyler Hero we talked about last episode? You know, I don't. I'm sure Hero's happy, but hearing his name being in the media every week, every other week, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's maybe just me.
1: But going going back to like the original question that you were asking, like you're saying Embiid is the next summer problem, but this summer. You might you might gag or smile, depending on the thought of this. Carl anthony Towns. I think he's I think expendable that, there. I think that's a
0: loose, I think that's a very loose term of a star. I think it's a very loose term. That's all I to say to
1: that. A very loose term. T- 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 hey, they're, 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 there's a lot of stars in the league that aren't stars.
0: Like, Anthony Edwards is a star. Karl-Anthony Towns ain't no star. I mean he is he's a at best he's at best a falling star, dear lord.
1: Well from there, from behind the arc?
0: And from from behind the
1: bench. <laughs> behind
0: the parking lot, more like anyway. Now to end it off, Cajun, at almost an hour, we've got the Scrabble board. I finally been able to right. pile up my names. And again, if you didn't know, the Scrabble board is based on when Cage and I were in college and We'd have our radio roundtable shows. Every time I had Cajun in my group, didn't matter if he was producing or on the on the panel, if I was hosting, I would always say, "Cajun, my favorite Scrabble board name, Theeru Thinny Castleum. and welcome in. Come on. And man. it just became a a running gag from then on from then on forward for me. So welcome into the Scrabble board. So Cajun, are you ready? I got five names today. I'm a little a little heavy. Five names. Are you ready? Okay.
1: Now? I'm ready.
0: H-S-I-T-E. They're all kind of short, so they should be pretty easy to get across.
1: H-S-A?
0: I-T-E. I'm not sure if I said A, but I meant I.
1: I T. There's no A.
0: Make sure I said that. There is no A. It is S-H-I-T-E.
1: S-H-I-T-E?
0: Oh, wait. Pardon me. Switch the H and Daniel the S yes way. Remember, but that's the way. It is Danny Tice. You are right. Daniel Tice is the name. You are right. Okay. You are very much correct. So that is one for one today. Make sure I try keep track of that right now. Uh, next one is V-A-E-E-R-S.
1: Austin Reeves?
0: It is Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves, a part of the U.S. team, after they beat Puerto Rico in their first game at the World Cup Exhibition. Are you ready for the next one? So this one is rather easy. D-W-A-E.
1: Dwayne Wade. About to be be named to the Basketball Hall of Fame.
0: It would be Dwayne Wade. And then the other name in this article, I-R-E-P-E-C.
1: Oh, the great Paul Pierce who's better than Drainway.
0: It is the great <laughs> Paul Pierce as those two continue to bicker on a line. So that makes you four for four, Cajun. Are you ready to try for five for five? Now, this name is very much a name of either you get it or you don't. I didn't want right. to put this. I didn't want to put this name on here, but I like the story. So I thought we'd add it here with this one. So you're ready. L-R-E-U-L-T. L-T. Make sure you put the T at the end.
1: Wait, so L-R-E-U-L-T? Yeah. All you got to do is add a T to the end and you're good.
0: I'm just going to copy it into our doc to make sure I did not say it wrong. That's the way I spelt it in my little doc.
1: The only last name that I could see makes sense out of all this would be Tuller.
0: It is not Tuller. I will give you a hint. He is currently playing in the G League for Detroit. That gives you any hope at it. He is a D3 player of the year award winner, averaging 27 points a game. He just made the news of the um, NBA website because he could be the first blank.
1: Oh, wait, 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 wait. Jewish, 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 Jewish. Yes, he is. Ryan Terrell?
0: Ryan Terrell, Cajun. You got it. You're five for five this week. That that one does surprise me, Cajun. That one does surprise me. You got that one. So five for I do, five
1: this I week. Do reme- I do remember seeing it, and I do remember he was, he, he, he's on, he was on the Pistons. And, it can't, and his story came to light in the wake of Kyrie Irving's anti-Semitic comments. So I did remember who he was. I was just trying to figure out what his name was.
0: Ryan Terrell could become the first Orthodox Jewish player in the NBA, currently playing again for the Motor City Cruise, the G League affiliate of the Detroit Pistons. He played at the D3 level for Yeshiva University. I assume that is a Jewish university. He averaged 27 points a game, winning, as I mentioned, the D3 Player National Player of the Year Award. Um, his 2023 G League stats were 12 minutes a game. He shot 24 or 42% from the floor, 30% from three and averaged almost four points a game. So we'll see if he is able to make the NBA. He is six foot seven too. So he's pretty, pretty big. So he should get a chance, especially with this good three point shooting in college, averaging almost 45% from three at the college level. Again, D three, but still college level. So yeah, I just thought we mentioned it here at the end. Ryan Terrell could become the first Orthodox Jew in the NBA, first Orthodox Jewish player in the National Basketball Association. So I thought we mentioned that there at the end, Kate. A nice little story we get to to mention. And the other story I did mention, kind of, is the Paul Pierce versus Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Dw- Wade responded to Paul Pierce's comments, and I'm not sure what Dwayne or what Paul Pierce said, but uh, Dwayne said, I, I li- I'm living rent free." I'm assuming that's in Paul Pierce's head. So, um, oh yeah, there you go. Listen, rent is expensive in America. I'm living rent free right now, so let him keep. I assume talking. I like living rent free. So,
1: I don't obviously, know. Obviously. Amen. Amen. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about, but I got Pierce over Wade. I mean, I'm a Come Celtics
0: on, fan, so I'm not gonna argue with that. I'll take the truth. <laughs> I'll take Paul Pierce.
1: Oh man. Hey, any oh. t- any
0: a- I think I found what the problem was What uh, Paul Pierce made the argument that if he had teammates of the caliber of Wade for as long as he did he would have more titles next to his name Put Shaquille O'Neal on my team put LeBron James on my team and Bosh on uh, with me You know I'm not going to win all, not going to win one you don't think me LeBron Bosh we're not going to win one So yeah Poor... Poor the truth. A little salty still of the legacy of Dwayne Wade.
1: You know? Okay, so see, see, hands would have to be thrown if that's the case though. Like I see I see why Ray, Wade reacted that way. But you know, he also did he also did have KG and Ray Albeit at the back prime of their career, back end of their careers. Yeah, but yeah. Has, and
0: it's what he actually but, on that point cage before you continue he even continued and said that and then i got to play with uh, kg kevin garnett and ray allen past their prime four years earlier you put me ray kg together you you think we're we're not walking away with three ships question mark obviously paul pierce thinks a lot of you know duo or trios or duos he would have had
1: i said i you know what he should have mentioned what If he didn't have a coach like Doc Rivers,
0: yeah. If if he would have had Pat Riley, who knows? As an executive and as a coach.
1: Because there's no way during those six years together that they only had one chip. You don't think uh, you don't think a D like, and at that time Doc Rivers was known as a good NBA coach. Now after the numerous three one blown leads, he's kind of been exposed to that degree.
0: Well, not only that, it's the, the, all the things that happened in L.A., all the things that happened in Philly, even the ending in Boston. Like, it, it's really sputtered for him in the last few years or so.
1: So, you don't think if he had a good coach, I'm like, with that roster, I'm like, would there be a different story? Who knows? But, the, but the fact that Peterson Wade are beefing is just like, it's it's funny to see. Put the put, uh, what does what what does Bleacher Report do like in a what if scenario? Put them in the portal and see who wins from that.
0: Yeah, there you go. Throw them in two K and see see what happens in two K in a one on one.
1: Hey man, ain't nobody blocking that jump shot of Pierce's. Actually, wait, it's two K. They might.
0: Yeah, yeah, but wait, it's two. But wait, it's two K. Who knows?
1: Who <laughs>
0: knows? But I think that's it. For Polar Opposites, I'm Spencer Byers, and for Cajun Thiru Thani Kasselam. I'll make sure I say it again for effect. Cajun Thiru Thani Kasselam. I'm Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number seven of Polar Opposites.
1: Later.